Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, March 20th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Eclipse Pad Community Call and AMA. Let's take a listen. Okay, let's get it going. Um, it will be recorded anyway and people can jump on. Awesome. That's good to me. Uh, I already did the audio check. You told me that you can hear me. I can hear you. I see some people in the audience. So before we get started, guys, Thank you for jumping in. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this space. If you could share the spaces and react so the Twitter algorithm can help us and show this to more people, that'd be awesome. So today I'm having the honor to host EclipsePad. It's the upcoming Launchpad and it's gonna revolutionize how projects launch. If you don't know me, I'm your host, Del Rey been in the Cosmos ecosystem for a while already. And yeah, uh, I'm, personally, I'm very happy to see Eclipse uh, coming together and getting ready to, to launch. And I'm very honored to host this space today. Thank you for joining. And just wanted to say before we get started, Simon, for the guys in the audience, doesn't matter if you're listening this right now or maybe listening to the recording later, I appreciate you the same. So, Simon, tell me, uh, how are you feeling, man? Uh, what are you looking forward to this week? Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for hosting this space, by the way, Del Rey. Um, showing some amazing initiative. And, uh, yeah, it's been good to, to have some people from the community step up. And it's actually really been really cool. But actually, one of my favorite things and things I look forward to the most is seeing this community start to build. Um, you know, for me, as someone who's building a project, sometimes it can be fairly hard to be active in the social media channels, um, especially when you're running a million other things. But it's actually one of the things I enjoy the most. I kind of love that camaraderie and that uh, almost, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, just, it's just really cool to see people coming in from the roots and people learning about something and people coming together. And I really enjoy being active in the Discord and the, and the Telegram channel. And, and sometimes I shouldn't be. <laughs> sometimes I go, there's other things I shouldn't. Uh, be prioritizing as well but uh it's uh it's definitely one of the things that i get the most fulfillment out of and, and i'm really excited to build that out more and to see that grow um and see it properly scale so really good to have people stepping up it's really important as soon as especially as we uh you know scale out this community um you know that becomes the rock and the foundation of, of the community uh, and, and is able to kind of hold together a community as it gets much bigger um because obviously i can't do it all by myself as it grows um what I'm looking forward to most this week, um, uh, got a pretty busy week ahead. Uh, there's always a lot of things to do. We are not far off from starting a, uh, a capital raise. We started a raise uh, towards the end of last year um, with kind of the original vision of Eclipse Pad. Um, and then the market took a big turn and became really difficult with FTX and everything that happened. Um, but we got a 
we've done a lot of work, a hell of a lot of work over the last couple of months. And, you know, we shifted the vision of Eclipse Pad. We, we strengthened the offer a lot more. We brought on some ex- incredibly high caliber advisors and partnerships and all the stuff behind the scenes. Um, and we've just gotten everything kind of ready to go back into that. And, and uh, that's very exciting. It takes a lot of time, and a lot of energy, but uh, it's, it's a key piece uh, for us creating sustainability to be able to launch ClipsPad and scale it and grow everything that we want to do. So that's exciting and daunting at the same time. Absolutely, man. And if you let me go back a little to what you were saying about the community, man, it's been great to see all the people saying DM every day, seeing people like just joining the community and other older community members like answering questions, sending Twitter threads, doing these spaces like we're doing right now. Uh, I'm just happy to see that. And like I said, very excited to see how this pans out. Uh, I feel very optimist about it. And like I said earlier in the group, we just getting started. Uh, I just want to say a little reminder, if you haven't joined Eclipse Discord or Telegram, now would be the best time. So you can stay tuned for the updates that are coming up. If you could, Simon, maybe you can pin a tweet to the spaces with the links and, and people can go ahead and, and join. So, well, uh, yeah, I'll do, I'll do that just now. Awesome. I just want to add one more thing about the community piece. Sure. I think that's really important because I think what we're touching on this is super important. Um, you know, when you're building out a community, uh, and I mean, the, the, the ambassador program is kind of the, the aim of the ambassador program is to be the, if you like, the cornerstone or the bedrock of this um, because it really helps to kind of bring in community members and to reward, uh, you know, con- contributing uh, community members that help to grow the community. But, you know, uh, especially as a launch pad, there's many um, – I'm actually trying to figure out how to pin this. Um, there's many ways in which, uh, you know, uh, platforms can cut corners, right? And as a launch pad, and this is, is almost something that, that it's choosing the long road as opposed to choosing the short road. And it doesn't mean this can't happen fast, but, you know, I, I'm, I see what a lot of other launch pads and, and stuff do in the space. Um, I see all the groups and, and, you know, the influences they interact with and the way they kind of interact. Um, and, you know, I could have 100,000 people in the Twitter tomorrow, not tomorrow, but like very, very quickly, right? Um, but taking the, the shortcuts in the short term kill the long-term uh, sustainability potentially of the project. So, you know, you can, you can bring in pump and dump groups. You can bring in KOLs that shill. You can kind of do all that sort of stuff, which is, has been the norm for some platforms in the past and it's almost a quicker way to do it. But it actually then uh, impacts your ability to build like a strong long-term community, which is what we're looking to do, um, as well as attracting in quality projects to launch. If, you know, we could get in, you know, a lot of these groups, uh, pay the money to, to grow the community and suddenly have a, you know, huge amount of people and huge potentially fake engagement. Um, but that's not what we're looking to do. We we're looking to kind of grow this out organically and bring in good people and leaders and have this uh, sustainable structure to build in the community, which takes a lot longer but it's actually a much better way, in my, my opinion, to build out a community um, in, in terms of building sustainability. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, just, just a thought on, on the community side. I agree 100%. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, we'll get into that later in, in these spaces. So let's just start from the beginning, what you say. Uh, if you could, Simon, very briefly tell me who are you and what is Eclipse? So this can be in the recording. 
Yeah, I'll skim over it briefly because I can talk a lot. <laughs> this could end up taking half the call. Um, but uh, just a little bit of my background, I've been in crypto since 2016. Um, I've had various businesses. Um, I've been through many cycles of crypto ups and downs. I, I traded through the crazy 2018-19 bear market, uh, learned my fair share, of, saw everything from ICO crazes to uh, DeFi summer to everything you could imagine from that space. Um, I got deeper. I was actually full-time in crypto from basically start of COVID, I believe, maybe even a bit earlier. Um, and then I actually got involved with Loop Finance um, back on Terra. I got involved in the Terra space. It was quite funny because I dug in a lot to Anchor and then a friend of mine um, from a while, about, a while back I know was, you know, starting Loop and was like, hey, do you want to come in and, you know, how do I bring you into this? And, and I actually, you know, I went to, a, a, I built a pitch deck and I actually said, this is what I can build for you guys. And the concept was that I'd had this thing in my mind that um, there was, uh, I saw a lot of gaps in the education of crypto. Um, there was a lot of like, it was really hard for beginners to know where to start. People were, and even now I still have people come to me going, where do I start? You know, and YouTube's really hard because it's quite fractured. Um, a lot of education is too complex. And uh, I found this massive pain point in terms of like onboarding and education for crypto. And so I said, look, you know, there's this Coinbase, if you've ever used Coinbase, uh, earn, earn to Learn, there's this cool program, but it never really simplified the learning or it really focused more on projects as opposed to learning experience. So I said, look, I can build you this. I can build a Learn to Earn platform. The idea is to incentivize it with quests and on-chain actions and uh, following a flow that was extremely easy for beginners to understand and, and go through. So no big words were used at the start until they were explained and it went through step by step. And this is called Loop Learn. And I pitched Terraform Labs, uh, I pitched Terraform Labs to, to help fund this and, and Terraform Labs uh, agreed to make, to, to fund 200 videos over the year. And that was, I mean, those videos were 15 grand per video. Like they weren't cheap. Um, it was a pretty monstrous, it was a pretty big project, 10 to 15 grand a video. Started building the videos, ended up building 33 of these very high quality animated videos. Uh, was building quizzes, building an interactive platform. Um, we're actually starting to build out ecosystem videos for Mars, Data, all these terror projects. And the idea was to have this onboarding flow that would then lead into, you know, then opening up this community, uh, these community projects. And then Terra collapsed. Um, and that was uh, all she wrote uh, for that. Um, you know, I, I found myself getting fairly fractured, even when Terra, because, you know, obviously there was the loop learn stuff, but then I was uh, trying to help out in every other area because, you know, I'm, I'm uh, someone who wanted to see success or things grow. And so it was really about doing everything possible to, to achieve that and to, to make that move. And it didn't really go to plan, um, but that was okay. Uh, back on Terra, I got brought on as an advisor for a project uh, called Lunar Launcher and uh, they built a, a launch pad for Terra that was upcoming, hadn't launched yet. Um, and there was, you know, there wasn't, let's just say there was a lot of work that needed to be done. Um, I saw the potential and um, I came in as an advisor and I was like, what the hell is happening here? It's potential, but it's really not, the, the work hadn't been put in. The, deck, the tech had, was awesome, but the rest wasn't. And so I actually ended up taking over that project and Terra collapsed and, uh, when, uh, when Terra collapsed, I moved over to, to Cosmos, uh, Lunar Launcher. The plan was to rebrand and to uh, really dig back into the model and shift it. It was much harder at that time to get into launch pads and decided to rebrand to Eclipse Pad, took over the project, 
um, moved over with Loop to Juno. I kind of separated from Loop. Um, Eclipse separated. Um, and yeah, and then it, you know, it was the, the journey of a couple of months of really grinding through the bear market, trying to figure out how to get more funding, how to figure out how to build something different and new, how to launch a launch pad in the bear market. And we went through a lot of iterations, I tell you, a lot of pivots, which we, one of the, the things we wanted to go was into a cross-chain abs, UX abstracted launch pad, um, went down the quests route. And, uh, and we went to multiple different directions until uh, the latest interaction is really what's uh, stuck the most. And I'll, I'll save this for a little bit later in this call, but um, the direction that we've moved in is, is very aligned. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a very good proposition in, in terms of launch pads or even DeFi platforms in general. Got it, man. Wow. I, I remember the Terra Collapse, man. Uh, it was almost a year ago. I'm not mistaken, it was in May. And it's crazy how time flies in crypto. Uh, projects come, projects rise, maybe some projects fall, but at the end, we continue pushing, we continue building, and I believe that's uh, great to have in crypto. This mentality that even though we may fall, we can go ahead and recover and, and start over again and continue doing great stuff that you guys are doing. I want to do a quick pause here, Simon, to do a quick shout out round. I see a Sky Monk in the audience. I also see crypto. 258072. <laughs> uh, I see Ruben, I see Pasha, I see Lauren. Thank you so much for joining, guys. Don't forget to react and share the spaces so we can get to more people. Now, uh, Simon, moving on a little, uh, can you explain maybe what are the different ways that projects can launch? and why projects should consider using a launchpad, if that makes sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll start with why projects should start for, to look at using a launchpad, and I'll dig into a couple of the models that we've been working on and, uh, and why, why it brings advantages. Awesome. So um, you know, when, when, uh, when a project uh, wants to launch, so there's a couple pieces to a launchpad, right? Um, when a project is looking to launch their token or do a token generation event, um, that is the best time to actually uh, build up a community excitement. It's almost like I call it like a baby shower almost, right? Um, the launches are an exciting thing in general for people in the space. And so this is a time that projects have an opportunity to leverage and to build up their community, acquire new users and get attention. Um, you can see this with like Arbitrum, for example, at the moment with the airdrop coming up, airdrops, launches, token launches in general are actually one of the best tools that a project has uh, to build up. After the token launches, they have to use other things and you alpha and announcements to build up that excitement, but the launch is actually the best time. So first of all, that's an incredible time for projects to expand their reach, acquire new users, get some excitement happening, get some noise, get people talking about them. So that's, that's one. Secondly, there's a couple of things that are required out of a token launch, right? So one of them is fair distribution. So if your token's a utility token and you're using it to, uh, within your platform, you want to make sure that that token is distributed fairly. You want to make sure it goes into the right hands. You want to make sure it doesn't go 90% to whales or that you know, it goes to people that are going to dump it and flip it or it's not going to kind of appreciate what it's for. If it's got governance or staking, you want to make sure that's spread out fairly evenly. So distribution, that's the second one. Um, and then there's a few other things that can be done. So one of them, it can be used to raise a, a, a additional capital. If that kind of aligns with the regulatory uh, framework you're sitting in, um, you can raise funds from the public. Um, and it can also be uh, used for other, other things, bootstrapping specific actions. 
Um, but there's a couple of things that a project needs when a token is launched on the market. They need liquidity. Um, if they're going to be you know, providing a token to the market, they need the ability for people to buy and sell this token in and out of this token without moving the price too much. Because if you get too much volatility, people get hurt, it ends up you know, being less beneficial uh, to people that are into the project long term. Um, they also need uh, to be very cautious of the tokenomics and their float, what, what we call a float. So a float is um, when you're to- lo- launching a token in the market and you see this sometimes with Cosmos uh, a little bit, especially to the, how some of the chains are structured. Um, if you launch, let's just say a token has a, you know, a certain circulating supply. Cosmos is a bit different because it's inflationary. Um, but let's say only 1% of tokens is available on the market when the project launches. So um, there's a lot less supply for people to buy. So it's easier for the price to move up uh, quite aggressively. But if, the, you know, if, if you've got 1% of tokens on the market, but within two months is in 10%, then the amount of tokens on the market has gone times 10 in the space of two months. And if your price, if you're only launched with 1% and your price has then gone crazy because there's only a small amount of tokens on the market, as soon as you go times 10, it's 10 times more supply, it's a lot harder for that project to retain the price that it created. This creates this classic uh, up and down chart, pump and dump style chart. You see this a lot where you see this straight, um, line, a straight up line and then kind of this down action that kind of gradually bleeds down over time. Um, it's very common in crypto. So that's very important to make sure there's enough supply on the market. Now, why should uh, projects use a launchpad? Um, so for a launchpad, uh, a launchpad can be a great tool for projects to uh, cover a lot of those things. So um, it can be great to tap into new communities that they haven't uh, you know, acquired before. So they're looking for new users. A launchpad can be a great place where they can reach further than their general environment. So it's almost like a marketing campaign, right? That's one. Um, and secondly, it's about actually acquiring users that are going to be kind of involved in your platform. It's something that a lot of launchpads struggle with, actually. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously raising funds. Um, that's some launchpad mechanisms lead to raising funds. Um, then you've got uh, bootstrapping liquidity, so attracting liquidity to trade your token. And the last one that many people don't really think about too much is actually the alumni network of connections that come with tapping into a launchpad. Many projects are very strong developers, typically. They're great at building code, but they might not have contact to the venture capital firms, market makers, centralized exchanges, accelerators, advisors, all the stuff that um, a good launchpad is able to stack and is able to add a lot of layers of support to projects. So that's why launchpads can be beneficial. Now, with Eclipsepad, um, you know, one of the big pivots we've done in the last couple of months has been to uh, focus on being a modular launchpad. And I know that sounds very techy. It's like, what's a mod- modular launchpad? Well, we, we saw a lot of pain points in the space that, you know, it's quite limiting for a launchpad to have just one way of launching, which might be a token sale. There's a lot of projects out there that are worried about regulatory risks of doing a token sale, or maybe they're looking to, they don't need to raise more funds. They just want to attract liquidity. Um, or, you know, they're finding that typically typical launchpad models don't attract sticky users. Um, so we saw the need to offer multiple options to projects and really enable a level of customizability to projects depending on their situation because every situation is slightly different um, for launches. So we've brought in a couple of different modules for Eclipse. The first one's obviously the IDO module, uh, private sale and public. Um, and we've been bringing in uh, lock drop modules, which enable projects to lock in 
uh, TVL for that pro- protocol, or, as well as uh, liquidity pools, so locking into liquidity pools. Uh, we brought in auction modules like uh, Astroport's LBA module um, and Fair Launch, Fair Auctions, which enable projects to set like an auction um, for their launch. Um, as well as uh, we've brought in uh, other things like using the NFT modules, which I'll cover a little bit later. But uh, we've got a couple ways and projects can then you know, tweak these different modules together, customize them like they can go from an airdrop into a lock drop into an auction or an airdrop into an auction into a lock drop. So we've kind of created this cool customizability layer uh, that enables some flexibility. Yeah. Got it, man. I like what I hear. And, and I have a quick question, Simon. How these projects uh, can get listed on on eclipse pad is it gonna be like by community voting do they need to be whitelisted or is it gonna be like full permissionless if you can expand on that a little yeah so our original goal and initial plan is to build a community uh vetting process it's going to take a little bit of time to get off the ground because there's a few we need to have like a token launched and we plan to set up a few projects before we launch our own token um but the the goal is actually to have a three-step uh process um which uh, ends with community voting. So the first stage, uh, we're still piecing together a few of the metrics of this, but the first stage would be is a vetting, a subdial vetting council. We're looking at a couple models for this. Um, so this basically is like the front pipeline that takes the majority of applications, does kind of a pre-level vet of these projects according to a specific set of parameters. Um, then when they're approved, they're passed on for like a third party, um, a third party vetting. Now, this is the one that we're still working in because there's a, there's a few uh, ways to do this and we want to find a way that uh, um, doesn't rely on a central point of failure. Um, but this is where uh, these projects would be vetted properly by experts and a public report would be posted publicly so community members can actually see um, you know, what's been looked into. Obviously, some stuff might be censored, like if there's certain personal details and things like that. Uh, and then the third stage, like, okay, now, now that you know the project is, this is the way the project's going to launch. This is the vetting. This is kind of the amounts, et cetera. And final stage, you can do a community vote. So uh, the final stage is the community gives the green light or not to go, we believe this is going to be helpful to the community. We believe that this is kind of fair. We'll approve it to launch. So that's the plan, uh, the original plan for the, uh, for the vetting process. Um, we are looking as well to branch out into also like a kind of like a frontier, like Osmosis Frontier which is a secondary platform that's a bit more permissionless. We'll still go through some vetting. Um, every project will still go through vetting, um, but it enables us to have the main pad and then the secondary pad, which is uh, can handle high volume, smaller launches. And we're not then excluding too many projects, um, but we still have to be careful of how we do that because, uh, yeah. Absolutely, man. Wow, thanks for sharing. Um, okay, Simon, so you mentioned a few things that differentiate Eclipse from other launchpad. Uh, I'm still very intrigued by this modular launchpad and giving different options to different projects. Uh, for me, that is what crypto is all about. It's about having options. The more options you have in your platform, uh, the more users uh, you can attract, right? Uh, is there any other differentiator of Eclipse that you can talk about now before we move to the second segment of the spaces? Yeah, there's a few actually. Uh, one of them, the plan is for um, Eclipse to be more down model as well. So the, uh, the the model we want to move towards is more of a decentralized platform where we bring in um, you know sub DAOs and also um, the community benefiting from launches. Um, we actually have brought in uh, some tech that was actually 
you know, uh, taken from loop, if you like, not taken from loop, but, uh, you know, uh, we've acquired some stuff from, from loop from the NFT perspectives. Uh, there's a lot of beneficial, um, things that we see, uh, let me go back, kind of, uh, set the frame. So, uh, loop developed this NFT tech, which enables, uh, NFT positions to be tradable, um, like, uh, LP, like liquidity pool NFTs, um, as far as airdrop NFTs, et cetera. Um, so what happens is a smart contract that wraps the position, enables it to be uh, sent or traded on a secondary market. Um, I've actually gotten the devs uh, to start upgrading those contracts to interchain NFTs, ICS 7021 standard, so they can be cross-Cosmos, as well as working on fractionalization. So you could have a liquidity pool that's uh, worth $1,000 and you want to split that in half because you only want to sell half of it. Um, so this enables it. So one of the biggest things that we can do with this, and this is where the use case becomes extreme, it's, it's like a liquid staking position for your lock drop position. So let's say you do a lock drop and a lock drop, uh, the way a lock drop works is um, you choose to lock LP or TVL into a protocol and you choose the length of time that you want to lock it for. So you could choose between two weeks and 12 months. Um, and the, the, the length in which you lock, the, high, the longer the length, the higher percentage of the pool you get, basically. Um, now, when we're in a bear market, people will be hesitant to lock their positions, um, but pro it's very beneficial protocols to have locked liquidity because it enables stability in the platform. Um, so with these NFTs, it enables us to convert locked LP positions or lock drop positions into tradable NFTs and actually build out a secondary market, um, almost like a secondary derivatives market for NFT traded positions. Now, the possibilities on that are incredible. Like, you could build money markets using these protocols to borrow against. Um, there's just infinite almost opportunities for that. So that is a big way that we see, um, you know, revenue accrual to the DAO and uh, accumulation of revenue through tradable liquidity on a secondary market from launches, um, which I think is is very big differentiator uh, for sure. Awesome, man. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing these details. Time went in. I'm glad this is all being recorded. I want to do a quick pause before we move to the second segment. In this segment, I will go ahead and focus on the ambassador program and how we, and I say we because I believe I'm part of it already, how we are going to move this forward. Uh, if you're ambassador of Eclipse or you want to be ambassador, feel free to request to speak. I would love if you if you could join the conversation. And yeah, uh, let's do it. If you want more information about the ambassador program, the tweet that is pinned here in the space has a link. That link goes to a Notion file, and there you will have all the information you need so you can be part of the Eclipse Ambassador, Eclipse Pad Ambassador program, right? <laughs> so yeah, Simon, if you can maybe quickly go over about the ambassador program. You already mentioned you want to attract quality people. You want to organically grow this community. Uh, if you can share any other thoughts you have about the ambassador programs or what is maybe your other goals you have with it? Yeah, so um, the ambassador program was brought about uh, from, you know, we studied a couple of uh, other ambassador programs that we uh, you know, we saw had some decent success, but we also saw some, uh, you know, some flaws as well and ways it could be improved. Um, I want to be, you know, give a huge thanks to Crypto and, and Rubes 
um, and a few other members who really, really helped on that front as well uh, and been phenomenal uh, for helping to get that off the ground. Um, basically, the ambassador program is um, is a program to build up leaders. If anything, it's building up leaders within the um, to help to not just grow the Eclipse community, but also develop these leaders themselves um, so that, you know, when the time comes, we can actually have a pipeline of, uh, of very talented or very uh, strong leaders that we can plug into projects. Um, so, you know, as a launch pad, we get to see a lot of projects at different stages come through as well as tapping into developers that need, te- need to build out teams. And the idea is really how can we foster like a really strong environment um, where we can build up people um, that excel, uh, that we can then bring them into opportunities to become founders or to help to stack, uh, you know, become parts of teams. But more than that, we want to, uh, you know, build out a very strong community and we know that the best way to do this is through leadership development and leaders building leaders. Um, and, you know, for us, that's really important. And I think in terms of building out our own community organically in Eclipse, we want to attract, you know, the right people into the community um, that uh, can share in that growth as well and share in the growth and the success of, of Eclipse Pad and, and the community. So that was kind of when we structured it, it was like, how can we create, a, you know, a program that as, you, as users get through the program, they're really proving themselves not in terms of their skills or their talent, but really like their ability to kind of add value, whether that's, you know, bringing new people in, whether it's contributing to like the development of the culture of the community, whether it's creating content. Um, and we really want to use this to also like break out into different markets as well, right? Like have uh, people that can stand up in, you know, people in Southeast Asia or people in Latam that really uh, represent communities and help to kind of branch out into uh, on the ground markets around the world. Um, and so that was, yeah, really kind of our thought process around Eclipse, uh, ambassador program. There's still, uh, some things, uh, to be worked through. Um, there's definitely a lot of learning, but it's exciting. And that's the direction that we want to take it in. Got it, man. That makes sense to me. And really quickly, Simon, because you said we a few times, can you maybe go over the Eclipse Pad team? Like where are you located and how many are you? If you can. Yeah, for sure. Um, We've got maybe about five or six. Uh, we had to cut back, unfortunately, over uh, sort of the end of last year with, with the bear and everything. But the reason I say we um, a lot is that I know this sounds maybe really corny, um, but I, I think of this as a community growing thing. Like, um, you know, even though there's a core team and, and there's developers and there's teams behind the scenes, I like to think of it like a collective uh, we that we're all growing this together, and I know this sounds extremely corny, but it's true. Like I know that just it's not just me, and it's not just a couple devs building it. It's actually the community that's growing this, and that's uh, who it is. So that's that's one of my big reasons for saying we um, is you know everyone that contributes to Eclipse is a part of you know the mission and the vision of it. So um, yeah, that's why I like using we. I got it, man. That that makes sense. I don't know if it's a language barrier thing, right? But I had to ask. Thank you for creating that out. Uh, I want to go back to the ambassador programs, and I love the idea of getting quality people, of leaders, building leaders, and, and yeah, I mean, I'm so excited about that. You mentioned that you basically study other ambassador programs, uh, maybe to get inspiration from, and also to find things that you could improve and apply to your own ambassador program. Uh, I would love to hear some of the 
plus that other ambassador programs have and you want to do different here in Eclipse Pad. For example, one thing I notice a lot is that at the beginning, you see lots of hype around a project. Uh, maybe can you share ways to avoid that and make sure you get like the best of the best people that you know will stay on this program long term? Yeah, look, it's a difficult one. Um, I mean, there's a lot of learnings that come with this. Hype itself isn't always bad because sometimes hype leads to that growth. Um, so it's, it's an interest, finding that interesting balance between not writing off completely because um, you find oftentimes that hype sometimes may be uh, uh, up and down really quickly, but it actually, the people that stay then become strong leaders. So some of it's really important. I think some of the learnings of an ambassador program is really how do you bring in people that are committed to the long-term success and they're not there just to chase an airdrop, even though like obviously rewards and stuff, you need to incentivize ambassadors the right way in multiple ways, not just financially, but in different ways. Like how do you structure that so you're rewarding the right way and the right actions? Because, um, you know, you can see ambassador programs that reward on number of referrals or, um, you know, the rank ups are, are you know, are too easy or there's a few, there's a fair few things that you have to really look into how to structure it. Um, and so we wanted to find that balance where we know in the early days there's a bit of a grind that ta- that it takes to kind of build up and really get that attention and really bring in those numbers. But we want to make sure that we um, the way we do it brings in the right people, which is is a difficult balance because you know we talk to influencers or KOLs that are like, "Can you pay us money to do this?" And you know, and then I'm like, "No," <laughs> and you know it's so tempting to do that because that would be a shortcut. And we're like, you know, we we see the value of how we can. Um, how we can kind of do it without, you know, cutting those corners. And in some instances, you know, there's things that we have to explore, but, um, and, and we do see financial uh, as being a really key piece of this, but we want to find ways to add value to ambassadors that is more than just finances, right? It's, it's uh, pathways to uh, opportunity, it's recognition, it's more responsibility, ability to self-develop, um, and also using, also being fairly rewarded as well and finding out, what are the right things to, you know, incentivize? Like at what point do we incentivize people and how do we do it and how do we do it so it's not gamed, right? So there's a lot of little things that go into it and we're learning as we go along um, and there's still some things that are yet to come out that we have to, uh, you know, still adjust. Uh, we've been talking behind the scenes of like how do we set better frameworks for, uh, you know, the earning of like financial incentives uh, so there's more clarity f- for people. But uh, we're, we're getting there. Absolutely, man. Okay, I believe for me that's enough about the ambassador program. If you listeners in the audience uh, now or those listening to the recording later have more questions about it, uh, don't forget to join EclipsePad Discord or Telegram. We would love to have you there and answer all your questions about the ambassador program. Also, there is a pinned tweet that you can go over and and check all the details. Uh, Now, uh, Simon, on my side, uh, I believe I've covered all that I wanted to cover. I will go ahead and move to a little Q&A session in case someone in the audience wants to drop comment, comments or questions. Now would be the best time to do so. And while you guys get ready for that, I, I want to ask you, Simon, you already mentioned that you came from Terra, etc. But in the chats, I've seen the name of Juno Network uh, 
and I've also seen say network. Uh, can you clarify to me what is Eclipse Pad involvement in these projects? Yeah, so uh, we initially launched on Juno, while well, we uh, deployed on Testnet Juno, um, but we're still, you know, we're still uh, we're still deploying on Juno. That's still the plan, um, but we're also deploying on Say. Um, Say is a really exciting one for us um, because as a launchpad, you need to go where. Uh, you actually need to be able to tap into lots of deal flow, right? So it's fairly difficult. Um, and, and even then, when I was talking to a lot of VCs, especially for fundraising, a lot of them said even Cosmos is too small, right? Which is really interesting. Um, and we do see the potential for it. But we need to be able to go to where there's community excitement, where the projects are launching, um, which means that we can't just stay on one network. We need to be able to be fluid across different networks and be able to service multiple DEXs, multiple chains, multiple ecosystems. Um, and so when, you know, we obviously deployed on, on Juno, Testnet, and everyone's like, when are you launching? And I'm like, we're not going to launch a token when there's nothing, there's a few projects launching or we don't have enough like pipeline of projects because we know how the, the token has a utility and we don't want to just launch a token and then just sit on our hands. And if we'd launched our token last year, it'd probably be worth not much because we wouldn't have had like an influx of launches. So um, thinking about that, it's like, how can we go to where the noise is happening? How can we go to where there's a lot of projects and a lot of people building? Um, so, you know, we made it, built a pretty close relationship with the Say team. who have a lot of kind of uh, noise behind them. They've got a lot of members and projects building on them and excitement behind them. Um, and so we'll be deploying on, say, Testnet as well and then, say, Mainnet. And then we're eyeing off a couple other chains to expand to as well. The goal for us is actually to be uh, if you like a launch layer, so it's almost like a top layer that sits on top of chains and dexes. And we, uh, the, the our aim is to act neutral and to actually, um, when a project or a chain wants to launch, we're not there to go, you have to launch on this dex, you have to do this. We're here to give them options and go, hey, you want to launch on Osmosis? We can do your launch on Osmosis. You want to launch on Astroport? We can do your launch on Astroport. Um, so being kind of neutral from that front is important. Um, but we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with Say. We're very close to the team. Very excited to be riding that wave. Uh, actually, something I can announce, uh, looks like we'll be doing a space as with Say at some point this week. Um, we're just finalizing the details. Um, and a little bit of alpha, um, which is cool. We're working on some uh, fun testnet activities um, that are coming in not too long uh, involving Eclipse Pad and Say. So that will be fun to watch out for. <laughs> awesome. I love some good alpha in the morning. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> and you guys hear it here first. I also like say, I mean, if it's a, it's a cool project, lots of people in there. And I also like how they play with the words, like, what do you say? Or do you say what? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, thank you so much for sharing, Simon. I believe the last question I have uh, before I close this out is, I don't know, it, it might be a dumb question, but how projects or networks benefit from Eclipse Pad, and how can other networks do the same? It's not a dumb question at all. Um, there's a few things, right? So um, one of the biggest is uh, obviously sharing from the support network that we've been building at the front end of Eclipse Pad. So we've built out a pretty strong support network of, uh, as I said before, advisors, accelerators, market makers, KOLs. Um, VCs, et cetera. So projects on those ecosystems, you've got an ecosystem of dApps, um, can help those projects get tapped into those that support network. 
the second one is getting exposure for your ecosystem and your dApps. So if you're launching, uh, you know, dApps uh, on your ecosystem and you want to adopt community users, um, you know, launching through Eclipse uh, for your projects or, or enables you to tap into uh, users that are outside of your existing network and outside potentially of even Cosmos, which is huge. It's almost like the marketing done for you, if you like, even though it's not, but it is. Um, that's one. A second one that's really big is, uh, you know, um, methods to launch, including locking liquidity. So if you're a chain and uh, you have projects, high quality projects on your chain, you want them to, uh, you know, attract, you want them to raise funds or you want them to lock large amounts of liquidity, especially on your chain. Doing the lock drops and uh, et cetera will be really good for locking TVL on your chain. So if a project, a chain has dApps and they want to lock TVL, um, by having their project launching and doing a lock drop or something, they'll be able to lock TVL on, their, on that platform, um, which is huge and heavily beneficial. There's a lot of different ones, uh, different reasons, but they're some of the main ones. Love it, man. Thank you. Uh, now, Simon, like I said uh, a few times already, this is all for me. Uh, guys, girls in the audience, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to request to speak. I will bring you into the stage. And while you do that, uh, Simon, is there anything, anything else people should know that we haven't covered yet that you want to share now? Now will be the best time for that. There's lots I can share, but I can't. Uh, there's, there's a lot, well, I said there's lots more to share that I can't share yet, but there's some exciting stuff. Um, let's just say we've got some very, very good people in our corner. Um, some very, very high caliber um, uh, what the word is uh, institutions or, or, or people behind us. Um, and we've been doing a lot of BD work behind the scenes. Um, and that will come out at some point. Um, and you'll see it. It's, it's, I'm actually over the moon with like, with how, you know, managed to secure some of these, uh, some of these uh, connections and, and people kind of behind the project to help make it a reality. Um, what I just want to share is that I'm really proud of like seeing this community grow. I'm very excited. Uh, I love uh, to see uh, like what you're doing, Delray, and, and people stepping up to lead initiative uh, to organizing spaces or uh, creating content or helping to move the community forward, um, which is a big kind of part of our ambassador program, which is really helping to, to just move the needle and finding creative ways in which we can kind of grow this community organically. Um, and this is one of them. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Uh, I think you'll just see more coming out um, over the next couple of weeks and months. Uh, certain things take a little bit of time and a little bit of grind, including, you know, even our own launch, um, which, you know, I know it's been kind of a little bit of time and we still haven't got a token out, et cetera. But we really want to add value in terms of getting, um, you know, some good launches under our belts and then using that token to um, grow our community and also uh, become more decentralized and that token be used to vote on governance, um, which is really important. So, yeah, there's some cool stuff coming. Awesome. All right, Simon. Well, thank you so much, man. and. For you guys in the audience, thank you also for joining, taking from your time to listen to us speaking about Eclipse Pad. I feel so thankful about that. And well, if you haven't joined Eclipse Pad Discord or Telegram, uh, join. <laughs> we would love to have you there. We're having a blast uh, right now, and I'm pretty sure we'll continue to have a blast and keep on grinding uh, just to push this forward. Uh, my name is Del Rey. I was your host today. Uh, thank you, Simon. Thank you all. Remember to share the spaces with someone you know and love. And well, until next time, I guess, right? <laughs> Have a wonderful week, everybody.
amazing hosting, Delray. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to seeing all your faces in, uh, in the Discord. And let's grow this. Let's do some activities and let's grow this cool community. So make sure to invite people in and, uh, and let's make some noise and um, create some cool culture. Let's do it, all right? <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Eclipse Pad Community Call and AMA with Simon Chadwick and Delray. Recorded on Monday, March 20th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions. Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing. All aggressive, insane from all directions. Smoke blows in when I start a session. Plink canvas, blaze up the handlers. Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush. Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers. Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse. But in the universe, I'm just writing some words. Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs. Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up, driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling, less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble